I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's been long overdue, but at long last, I'm interviewing Bill Monroe of Strokecast. We talk Doctor Who, we talk nerd, we talk community, we talk podcasting, and we talk Bill's recovery. Stay tuned for a fun interview with a fellow brain injury survivor, podcaster, a fellow neuro nerd, if you will. Boom, intro done. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Neuro nerds. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. It has been really, really long overdue. I've been wanting to do this for a hot minute, but I don't know if you guys know this or not. I have a brain injury, (laughs) so I have a very special guest with me today. The man, the myth, the legend, the podcaster, caster, the superstar, the rock star. If you could only see his hair, Bill Monroe. What's going on, Bill? How you doing? Hey, Joe. Um, uh, uh, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Hey, I I heard a rumor. Is this true? You had a brain injury? It's crazy. (laughs) Now, I haven't said it in maybe the last like four minutes. (laughs) But for those of you who don't know brain injury <laughs> so bill well, well, is what, the well, host of Strokecast. huge fan of your podcast it, it it's really it, it's informative it's genuine it's professional all things i am not no no i'm, pre- I'm pretty genuine for the most part professional yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm working at it i'm working on it so uh bill thank you for being on the podcast um i i've been a big fan of what you do forever and I've been a big fan of yours forever, so I'm happy we can actually, you know, uh, uh, sit down and chat. So um, I will ask you, first and foremost, Bill, how are you part of this community? Uh, I, I, uh, I broke my basal ganglia uh, almost hey, four years ago. Hey, we're we're twinsies. <laughs> I know. I know. So it was, um, well, basically, uh, June 3rd, 2017, was a Saturday morning. 
And I sort of uh, woke up at about 7.20 a.m. And if I'm getting up at 7.20 in the morning on a Saturday, you know something (laughs) is terribly wrong. Uh, (laughs) Unbelievably wrong. Exactly. So Wait, 7.20 on a Saturday morning, they still make that? Uh, That's still a thing. uh, It exists? uh, Apparently, I think you have to have a brain injury to see it. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe it causes brain injuries. I don't know. Uh, but possibility. <laughs> but yeah, I, I woke up. Uh, I was 46 years old at that point, And my left arm felt funny. It felt a little weird. I, I figured I, I must have sort of slept on it wrong and injured myself in my sleep. Because as I said, I'm, I was in my 40s. And that's the thing that happens when you're in your 40s is you hurt yourself sleeping or sneezing or... It is sadly so true it's it's a it's amazing you 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 just sort of acquire these ailments oh my god it's like joe why are you limping oh i yawned like 20 minutes ago i don't know how that happened but now i'm limping well uh, uh, i'm out bring me my palate of tylenol <laughs> so you woke up now was there a headache attached to the strange feeling nope, there was there was no headache or anything i just i i just woke up i felt i had to use the bathroom i got up and just figured I, my arm had fallen asleep and it would probably come back in a few moments, made my way to the bathroom and started limping, uh, took, took care of business, uh, and, and realized I was having more and more trouble balancing as, as my leg was just progressively going offline. Uh, looked at myself in the mirror and saw that half of my face was not where it was supposed to be. And at, you had the, you had the, I had the droop. I mean, I had, Okay. I had cla- it was classic fast signs. Just 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 classic straight up. I I I remember while I was going through that, I, I I had this flashback to this YouTube video that had made the rounds a few years before about a newscaster who started just uh speaking gibberish on the air and collapsed while doing a remote report. And everybody thought she had had a stroke on the air. And later on I looked it up, it turns out um, she says it was a migraine, but regardless, I was like, okay, this is, this is not good. Uh, made it back to the bedroom, woke up my girlfriend. I basically sat on the foot of the bed and sort of banged on her leg with my, my good arm. And was like, uh, can you understand what I'm saying? I, I, so I still had English language, but I was slurring, which is a little tough to identify at first because when I'm tired or if I've uh, been uh, enjoying the uh, some of the grains in liquefied form, uh, my native New York accent tends to come out a little bit more. And, and of course, just talking <laughs> about it will make it come out even further. But um, I woke her up. Uh, she looked at me. She had that worried look on her face. I was like, I think I need an ambulance. And she called 911. Ambulance got there. And I spent the next month living at a Swedish medical center. Throughout the course wow. of the day, I, you know, w- was amazing. They got me into the ambulance, uh, got me into the hospital. They paused briefly to slap an ID bracelet on my wrist and to stick like 50 different IV uh, needles in my arms and then just shoved me straight into the CT scanner, then into an emer- a private emergency room cubicle. And then a few hours later, MRI, uh, they did that. Uh, they fe- and uh, 
And yeah, they had they had the woman come in to do the ultrasound of my heart to check and see if I had a, a had a hole in my heart, a PFO, mm-hmm. and where they right. inject air into your blood vessels. And I remember talking to her about that, and I'm like, you know, whenever I see any uh, spy show on TV, this is how they murder people. That's how they kill yeah. people. Like, what did I do yeah. to you that you're injecting air into my body? And, and so she explained <laughs> it to me. It's like, yeah, we're only doing a few uh, bubbles here. They always do it wrong on TV. You have to inject the entire syringe of air. So I'm like, oh, that's oh. good to know. She's like, yeah, when I murder yeah. people, I inject the entire syringe. That is so uncomfortable to me. <laughs> you know, wh- you know what's uncomfortable about that to me is I've seen those movies mm-hmm. and I would have that same fear. The fact that the nurse is like, we're only going to put a couple of bubbles. So you know how many bubbles to keep me from dying, (laughs) right? The fact that there's, okay, well, I'm going to inject you with like five. If I put six in, you're going to die immediately. (laughs) It's too close. It's, it's, you know, that, um, the, what is it? The, the puffer fish, (laughs) the sushi, (laughs) the the sushi that like, if you Mm. cut it the wrong way, you'll die. But if you don't, it's delicious. I don't know if I want to take that chance. Exactly. Exactly. It's, and, you know, really hope you didn't offend somebody before you before you go there. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing. There's That's OK. So there's two people that you don't necessarily want to mess with before they're doing something. <laughs> Number one would be a server before you get your food at a restaurant. Just be kind. If you want to be a dick, be a dick. Maybe afterwards. Also, sure. always be kind to your doctors, your nurses. Be the kindest person because they're literally taking care of your life and soul. Exactly. It's a little advice from me to you. (laughs) Always be nice to the people who can get you (laughs) painkillers. Oh, that guy on the corner? I'm always nice to that guy. (laughs) So what was the reason for your stroke? Uh, Did they find out? They're pretty sure. They're pretty sure. Oh, okay. Before you even finish that, thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which NeuroJedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. I am so (laughs) uncomfortable right now. Okay, so thankfully now i don't know if it's thankfully it's but for me thankfully i know 100 percent why i had my stroke right it was high blood pressure basically i didn't take care of myself 100 percent this <laughs> idiot's fault right through no fault of anybody else's it was my fault that i almost died mm-hmm. i know that and i'm very comforted in the fact that yeah. it was all me okay so many of us out there don't know why it's a puzzle yeah. and to be honest it didn't happen to me it still <laughs> drives me crazy It drives me crazy to not know. I'm one of those people that if I think long enough about aliens, I know there's someone out there that knows (laughs) if they're here or not. And it will literally drive me mad. I'll I'll be like Jim Carrey in that movie. What is it? 23, whatever movie that was. I think that's every movie Jim Carrey's in. (laughs) Where he's just going crazy. I will be that person if I think about it long enough. So the fact that you're pretty sure makes me pretty sure that I'm going to (laughs) fixate on this at some point and go mad <laughs> well, for an I'll, evening. Well, I'll tell you, it, you know, it, it, it makes, it makes some sense. And, and actually this was something I was diving into more, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when it happened uh, it, and a lot of times, you know, figuring out a stroke, it's a process of elimination. 
Uh, it's really what it is. I mean, my stroke was yeah. an ischemic stroke. It was a thrombus, meaning that it was a clot that formed in place as opposed to an embolism. An embolism is a clot that forms someplace else in the body and then travels to do its damage. So I, so I, right. I, had, a, I had a clot form in my right middle cerebral artery feeding the basal ganglia. And what it was probably caused by, I mean, my stroke was in 2017. This goes back to about 2014, mm -hmm. where I started, ha I didn't, historically, I've always had low blood pressure. My family has always been very low blood pressure people. I mean, apparently when, uh, you know, after I was born, the, the nurse was in the, was, was trying to take my mother's pulse. And she was like, I know you're alive. I'm talking to you, but I don't I can't find a pulse. I mean, you know, things like that. But what, what happened was, oh, I was actually in Jersey, uh, my mother's place for the holidays, and I started having nosebleeds. Every other day, I was having a, a massive surprise nosebleed that would last for a half hour until I could get it under control. Oh. Um, and uh, I eventually made it, made it back to Seattle. And after one of these one night, I took my blood pressure. And it was like 210 over 160. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, no, that's not I, I too bad. That's, that's probably not a great thing. So I. It's not know, great. It's not too bad. I, I mean, I'm not saying. <laughs> Remember, yeah, I almost died yeah, with high blood I'm pressure. I'm not setting any world records here. But, uh, but yeah, when you, when you right. mentioned that's your blood pressure, it turns out you have no problems getting an appointment at the doctor's office for the next day. Uh, so they, they, they got me on, on meds. We started just looking at some diet stuff, got my blood pressure down. So for six months before my stroke, my blood pressure was normal. It was under the 120 over 80. But because I had such high blood pressure for a couple of years, it damaged the arteries. It just wore out those arteries and caused damage. They didn't have the flexibility to deal with it. And it just set me up for damage from a clot later on. It's kind of like those, you know, people who can smoke for, for decades, they stop smoking five years later, they get lung cancer because they already did the damage. And <laughs> right, right. It wasn't yeah. the stopping of smoking that gave you the cancer. It was the fact yeah, that you smoked exactly. for decades. It's a, you know, it's not a case of maybe I should have kept my blood pressure high so that if a clot forms, there was enough pressure to just sort of push the clot out of the way. <laughs> just, but but then that's hey, how you get a hemorrhagic you know, on stroke. paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> on paper, it makes sense, but in reality, yeah, what, what would, yeah. that would that happened to me? <laughs> I had the high blood pressure, and my brain basically exploded. So that that is wild. Now let me ask you a question: uh, When you had high blood pressure, did you nope. suffer from headaches? No, nope, no. Nope. Really? That was my yeah. biggest issue with the high blood pressure. Like I was under the assumption that my migraines came from um, mm -hmm. you know, it just runs in my family. Now, as somebody who never went to the doctor, it just runs in my family means, well, yeah. I don't know what it is, and I guess yeah. it's just a thing. So, you know, as an adult mm -hmm. now, I was an adult then, but, like, I'm, like, a, an actual <laughs> adult now. I go to the doctor, I ask questions. You know, runs in the family means it stems from something. Right. So we should probably figure that out. Turns out my entire family had yeah. unchecked high blood pressure. So the cycle broke with yeah. me where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we, we got to so, get so, this. So now in, in your order. case, uh, was it just a, a blood vessel itself that ruptured or did you have an aneurysm on that blood blood vessel that ruptured? It was a, um, a ruptured right mm. basal ganglia. That's that's what it was. No, no, okay. it was just the blood pressure was like 
uncomfortably gotcha. high. That's when you mentioned your blood pressure. I was like, that's <laughs> not bad. Yeah, exactly. Because I am. Um, and it was years and years and years of that high blood mm-hmm. pressure weakening that vessel. And finally, it was like, all right, I'm done yeah. with this. And it just like it, 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 it ruptured. The crazy thing is why I asked about migraines is because my migraine was so severe that when I know the second that the blood vessel ruptured and for a few seconds, I felt relief and it felt good until my brain started filling with blood. And then I slowly started to deteriorate as a human being. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Um, I talked to earlier this year, I, I interviewed a woman named Carmen de la Paz who is a she's a she's an hgtv personality she had a show on the oprah winfrey network uh mm-hmm. she's done shows in spanish as well as english really fascinating lady and she for the last 10 years had migraines every uh and severe migraine she just thought it was dehydration it turns out she actually had several aneurysms and the migraines were literally the pressure of those aneurysms squeezing against other things in her brain until they exploded and she survived her stroke. Okay. So here is the thing, guys, everybody out there, pain <laughs> is not normal. Now I, I say that and it's like, well, yeah, of course not. No, you have no idea how many people live through a certain amount of pain. I did it my entire life. I suffered from debilitating migraines for my entire adult life. And I was just like, yeah, this is just what life is. No. That's not supposed to be a thing. If you are suffering from such pain, please get thee to the doctor. Let a doctor figure it out. Now, I know there's a lot of fear in going mm-hmm. to doctors because I had that. I had that irrational fear about going to a doctor. I, the fear, just like a lot of other people. Now, if we say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. Well, I'm afraid they're going to tell me something's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to live in ignorance. Yeah. Cool. I, <laughs> one of these plates is poison. I'm just going to eat them because I don't want somebody to tell me that it's poison. No, you're going to eat it. You're going to die. Let's ask questions. Let's figure out what's wrong. Let's live our lives like responsible and, and, grown and adults. so many people not That's doing it. That's the reason we're in the middle. We're still in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Yes. Yes. It's so wild that. Okay. So I heard something today about that, you know, not to get like too preachy with COVID, but you guys, all you know, you know, you know what COVID causes <laughs> so, if you survive it, COVID causes stroke. It's you, you know, it's crazy. The thing that was just it, it not only that, it causes mm-hmm. so many long term issues. So kidney the, failure, the, the heart failure thing that people said, oh, my God, the, the fatigue, the the neuro issues that we have because of our strokes, normies are having because of covid. So what's wild is it was just as proof. People were like, I have a very intelligent, you know, uh, uh, acquaintance. And she was like, well, I'm not going to get it because I don't want to be I want to have kids one day. And I'm like, well, you can still have kids. There's no issues. There's no science behind whatever it is that you're fearing. And they're, they're like, everybody's coming out now. All these science. And now here's the thing, Bill. I would much rather get my information from the CDC, scientists, science and reputable sources than, hey, my cousin's friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not who exactly. I'm getting information from. I, I, it's. I, I did my happen. research. So really, what's wild? We ran double-blind controlled studies uh, with tens of thousands <laughs> of participants, costing millions of dollars. You did that research. I'd love to see your published results. That's wild. <laughs> what's What's crazy is, and I think it's a it's a misconception about the actual um the vac- vaccine itself. So that same person had, well, you see these people who are vaccinated and they're getting COVID. That tells me that the vaccine doesn't we, work. So. Okay, I understand that. So 
the here's here's the misconception. The misconception is the vaccine is to prevent you from getting COVID. That's not what the vaccine was created for. The reality is the vaccine was created to make sure that people don't get severely sick and don't die. And if we look at the numbers, 99.5% of the people who have passed away from COVID are people who are unvaccinated. That's not a random number. Exactly. I mean, we have this perception about a lot of things that everything has to be binary. In reality, everything is on a spectrum. And yeah, the vaccine is not just because the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting the virus 100% of the time doesn't mean it's failure. If it stops it 99% of the time, that's great. If you add a mask on top of that, well, now you've got even more protection. If you add distancing on top of that, you've got more protection. If the people around you are wearing masks, you've got more protection. Each of these things is a layer that decreases your chances of getting COVID, that decreases your chances of dying from COVID, and perhaps more importantly, decreases your chances of infecting and killing somebody else with COVID. Someone else. Stop being selfish. It's not just about you. So all of these things are layers of armor, right? And I look at it as COVID is like Fallout 4. And when I go out into the wasteland, I don't just wear a helmet. I wear a helmet and I wear armor and I wear arm guards and I wear shin guards because I want to be super protected from these super mutants. The Enterprise (laughs) doesn't just have shields. It has shields. It has bulkheads. It has folks who can go ahead and repair things as they collapse. It has emergency energy uh, defenses that you can apply inside the ship. Each thing is one more step to keep the crew alive and functional in the event that uh, the rest of it is is breached. It's not a binary yes, no, fail, whatever. Do you want to know what else it has? It has a cloaking device. If you want to avoid people altogether, right? I don't want to, I don't, I want to avoid this. Cool. Stay home. Do what Bill and I do. Have our groceries delivered. (laughs) And this is our cloaking device. (laughs) We don't want to, we don't want to even attempt to get into these battles with this virus. So we're protecting ourselves. So yeah, it's, it's wild. People are, um, I say it all the time. People are headline readers. People read the headlines and then they're, they're, you know, um, conditioned just to read the parts of the story that really reinforce what they believe. I am one of those weirdos that I actually kind of do my research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to feel that I'm right in the things that I feel and believe. So I'll research things to make sure that I'm correct. And then I'll verify it Mm -hmm. with something else, you know? So when it comes to stuff like this, it's like, okay, well this side says it's poison. And then this side says it's a miracle cure. So I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in the middle. So let me do research on both sides, right? And then you do what's comfortable with and, you, but you, know, you have to do your research. both sides idea, I, you know, at some point we've come to the conclusion that both sides are of equal value and that you have to listen to both sides. You know, you don't have to listen to both sides when somebody is denying the Holocaust. You don't. Those people yeah, don't have yeah. the same credibility. They don't deserve the time to listen to them. You don't have to listen. Yeah, it, I, I'm I'm going to listen to <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to listen to Qui-Gon Jinn. I am going to listen to Princess Leia. I'm going to listen to Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Do you want to know who I'm probably not going to listen to? Jabba the Hutt. Probably not going to listen to Darth Maul. I'm probably not going to listen to Emperor you know Palpatine. Why? Sorry. It's because it's probably not going to. Deal in absolutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bill. Like a rock star. I love that. This is <laughs> just... This is why this is why I appreciate you. <laughs> that literally just that made my entire pandemic. That line right there. 
brilliant. <laughs> Are you finding it hard to recover at home after stroke? Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash the neuronerds. If you haven't heard of Modus Nova, they make devices to help folks with a brain injury like stroke regain the use of their affected limbs. For example, the Modus Hand is an AI-powered robotic exoskeleton that helps users do exercises and play games, similar to the way an occupational or a physical therapist might manipulate the limb. It helps survivors get into the thousands of repetitions they need to form new neural pathways. It can assist with hand movements or resist them to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to learn more. Use special code the neuronerds when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Just visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to get started. Neuronerds. Well, look, I'm I'm super thankful that you made it past this. Now, mm-hmm. recovery yeah. is not an easy thing. You have you suffered um physical yeah. deficits from this. Now, did you suffer any um, cognitive deficits? Fairly limited, uh, especially within the first couple of weeks. Okay. I was dealing with a lot of mm-hmm. emotional lability. And emotional lability is, of course, where you just sort of start crying or laughing inappropriately. And what's really interesting about it is that, well, yeah, sometimes it can be just a really subtle trigger, like a touching commercial can have you bawling. But the other thing that would happen and this was especially when I was going through my PT, was that I could do something that caused physical exertion. It was just hard work. And I would just start crying. And I wasn't sad or anything. I didn't feel the emotional sadness that goes along with that bawling. But it was just, it was just a thing that happens. And that, you know, I, I know, Joe, you've talked about it in your experience. It's something that happens to a lot of us that we just have to live with. So I had to deal with that. I've had to deal with neuro fatigue, although that has, uh, that's uh, gotten better. <laughs> it's gotten better over the last couple of years. Good. Um, but, uh, so I've had to deal with that. And I don't know, some, you could, I, I don't know about this for sure, but it's entirely possible. My affect has been flattened and I don't experience mm-hmm. some of the same emotional swings I might have before uh, the stroke, but right. that that hasn't necessarily interfered with me. You know what? The other thing that's happened to a weird little cognitive quirk is I think my attention has been impacted in a way that I tend to more glance over things rather than doing some in-depth reading of like web page if there's too much stuff presented at me. And in the hospital, this was the one of the weirdest things. Every day the 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 afternoon before we would have to go ahead and fill out our menu card for what we wanted the next day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and the late night snack. And you know, filling out this form, it was a really easy form. And it made me just unreasonably angry to be filling this out. And I have no I was angry at the time. It's like, I don't know why this is making me so angry to do this. But it was. The emotional yeah. regulation was all off. I, I'm sure I suffered from emotional regulation my first like year or so. Mm-hmm. It got significantly better. If not, I'm pretty sure my girlfriend <laughs> would have stabbed me in the face by now. Like I, I, She came close. I've mentioned it a few times. It was the first couple of months being home, and we we're having a conversation. I didn't want to have the conversation. I did not like what was being said. And while she's talking to me, I literally just looked her dead in her eyes, and I turned Ooh. around and I walked away. And that was the first time in my life that I was like, I think I might die. <laughs> that, that, the stroke isn't going to take me. This is, this is what's going to happen. Turning my back, 
on my half black, half Puerto Rican girlfriend. That's something you just don't do. Um, but it got better. I remember you say, so you, you said in the hospital, you know, filling out like what you yeah. want for breakfast, what you want for lunch. Well, you got a late night snack. I ain't got late night snacks. That's some bullshit. Anyways, I do remember it was literally, it was just checking because I couldn't really write. I had a lot of issues with my right hand. It was just checking. Oh, I want this. I want this. I want this. Just reading the, the three or four items it would exhaust my brain to the point where I would fall asleep while checking off boxes, not mm-hmm. even writing down the words, checking off boxes. I'd be dozing off because it, it was so exhausting on my brain to, to check boxes. I, 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 for those of you out there who have never had a brain injury, that's how exhausting it is after a brain injury. Literally reading of the first couple of months being home, I would read two sentences and I would have to take a two, three hour nap. I've gotten much better <laughs> since, but it's just, it's like a, it's like running a marathon. Reading a paragraph would be like running a, a few miles. You're, You're exhausted. Your brain is swollen at that point. Uh, it's traumatized and it's just trying to just get whatever other energy you can to process this stuff. And I remember I was sitting, laying there in the emergency room that first day thinking, well, uh, I guess I'm going to be here for a week or so. Ended up being a month, of course. Uh, I guess I'll uh, yep. I'll get a lot of reading done. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, were, were, were you like Were you like the dude yeah, in Twilight yeah, Zone? Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I have to put all the rest of my life on hold. Great. I'll have all these books I can read. I'm only going to be doing rehab three hours a day. I get 21 other hours a day. <laughs> no, but I, 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 yeah, that 21 hours is going to be full of sleep. Good place. And that was about as productive as I got that. And, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, the, this reality show about making knives forged in fire, I think it was called. And, and then, wow. uh, and then in the evening, some evenings I got to catch wonder woman, uh, from the 1970s, Linda Carter in syndication. And I remember this one episode where the, the, the plot was that they were on this Island of these neo-Nazis who were cloning Hitler and reviving him. And they started with this health sample and they came up with a fully grown Adolf Hitler to lead them. See Warner brothers, <laughs> that should be the plot of wonder woman three. Take heed. You heard it here. <laughs> make it i honestly i don't remember almost anything mm-hmm. from my hospital visit because just my memory was so bad that's my biggest deficit is memory loss i just don't remember a whole hell of a lot like short term it's mm-hmm. it is the worst i'm no longer like dory really you know i i used to be like uh the dog from up where i would like be in the middle of a conversation and be like oh squirrel and then i would forget uh-huh. everything that was happening i'm much better now but it's so frustrating that like you know i know my brain doesn't work the same way but i've, yeah. I've adapted and i've adjusted you know, I, I think I've adapted and adjusted to my new brain like you've adapted and adjusted to your new body because that must have been a huge it, it, transition. It was a uh, it was definitely a transition. Now, now, fortunately, uh, I was never an athlete. Uh, I was never really super in touch with my body, per se. Uh, I could I could say that, uh, you know, when I left the hospital with hemiparesis, uh, you know, very limited leg, you do, no use of the hand. I probably, if somebody wanted to hire me to be on their softball team, probably wouldn't have been that much worse after the stroke than I would have been before the stroke. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I mean, mean, really, I mean, um, the old joke, the best, my best position on the softball field was playing left out. Uh, But, 
but so, so, so that's, that's, that's the good thing is that it didn't interfere with the core of what I was doing. Cause I was always career wise. I've always been, a, I've been a corporate trainer and a brand advocate. And that's what I've done for the better part of several decades, teaching people to use technology. And I could still do that. I could still speak. Uh, when I got, you know, I had the stroke, I already had a podcast about public speaking and none of the core stuff that I was really passionate about was significantly impacted other than walking around the neighborhood. Uh, so, right. Well, that's a great, great transition into podcasting. How, how, at what point were you like, okay, I need to get this story mm -hmm. out because for a lot of us, it's very difficult to get, to say these things, to share them, to, to even say it out loud, let alone yeah. share them with the world. You know, at, at what point were you like, I, I have to get this out and I have to share this with others. Well, I actually sort of started doing that, uh, basically in the hospital and sort of right afterwards. Uh, when I was in the hospital, I was already uh, making a point of sharing details on Facebook every day to try and keep people connected, let them know what's going on. And very early on, I realized after about a week, look, people are great. My, my friends and the community, they were incredibly supportive. It was wonderful. But I know that after a week, you can get pity, pity, uh, empathy. Yeah, we'll call it some pity, and that's okay. It's okay to get pity. It's okay to celebrate yeah. that. After about a week, people are out of that. They're not done with that. So, and maybe this is just to, for lack of a better term, uh, capitalist-driven or whatever, but I wanted to make sure that I was providing value in my updates. So that may have meant either mm -hmm. sharing, you know, definitely sharing what I was going through and what I need to share, but also, can I provide some entertainment? Can I provide a laugh? Can I provide some knowledge? Can I help people learn about this stuff? And once I was back home, I continued to do that. Let's start uh, focusing on, uh, I'm not just going to talk about, uh, you know, the difficulty I have and some of the pain in my shoulder. Let's, let's actually talk about what shoulder subluxation is. Uh, and and for, for those who haven't had the paralysis, that's basically... Um, it, when you no longer have full use of your arm, it starts to fall out of the socket because gravity and because the shoulder is the single worst joint in the human body. There is no bone connection there. It's just held with muscles and tendons. And when the muscles turn off, eventually the tendons just sort of stretch and it falls out and it can be really painful. And it makes it that much harder to recover because even if you get some muscles back, you can't really move it. I, I used to describe it as kind of going through rehab was kind of like competing work orders where you've got an organization, you've got one, a one group, which is trying to work on something and get it done and do the repair. Whereas the other group has been told, well, we're not using this stuff in the storeroom. Let's just get rid of this arm. We don't need it. Uh, and it's <laughs> a great way and, to describe and so that, it. So that's what I was doing. I was, you know, I was talking about AFib, talking about the, the monitor I had taped to me. Uh, and, and just other stuff like that. Uh, and I eventually thought, you know what? People might start getting bored with this. Uh, I shouldn't just always subject my friends. And then if I'm not making it interesting, then I have to worry about, uh, am I going to, are they going to feel guilty if they're not paying attention anymore? It's like, okay, so we're going through this. So make sure I'm providing value, make sure I'm entertaining. And then I thought, you know what? I'm doing all this. How else can I provide? Can I, can I share with this bigger world? I started looking for podcasts because I was already a podcaster and I had been listening to podcasts since 2006 and big fan. So I started looking, I need to learn more about what I'm going through. 
And when that happened, that summer of 2017, there were probably a couple of others, but I found two. I found just two. One was Enable Me, which is a show out of Australia. Mm -hmm. The, the Australian government has done some, from this American perspective, a lot of incredible outreach about stroke care and some of uh, yeah, amazing, our Australian friends. Amazing. You know, not a bad place to live with a stroke if you're going to have to live with a stroke. Um, and the other one was called The Slow Road to Better, which comes from the Stroke Comeback Center in Vienna, Virginia. And that's just a little bit different because everyone on the show, it's, it's sort of a quasi-weekly panel discussion they all have aphasia. And so it's folks who are survived stroke or TBI working through their aphasia and producing audio content. And if you think about what's involved with aphasia, losing your language, a bit losing access to your language, losing your ability to speak. And these people came ahead and they do it and they're doing this show. And it's amazing. And over over the years that I've been listening to the show, I can hear people get better two, three years later, you know, they're getting better. But uh, so I found those two shows and I was realized, well, there's not really a show out there that meets my needs. So let me go ahead and start the show that I wish existed when I had that stroke. So I did it. February, 2018 stroke cast launched. (laughs) I love that bill. (laughs) The thing, the thing is I did the same thing. I started looking for, you know, uh, stroke Mm -hmm. cast. See what I did there? I appreciate (laughs) it. And it was difficult because everything that I had found, I, I didn't follow up with a lot of them. Every, Bill, yeah. it was so dark. <laughs> everything was horrible. Everything was terrible. Now, I'm not saying having a stroke <laughs> is fantastic. Having a brain injury is the most difficult thing I have ever done in life. Like coming back from that, dealing with it on day to day. It's it's and I joke about this and I think I kind of mean it. It's so bad that I would, you know how they say it's like, it's so bad. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It's so bad. I would absolutely (laughs) wish this on my worst enemy. It's your worst enemy. Of course you want to wish bad things on them. So I I just, I I was feeling sad. I was feeling isolated. I was feeling broken. I was feeling alone. And I just wanted that understanding of somebody who's gone Mm -hmm. through what I went through. And every single person I found, whether it be in a, a support group, whether it be in a podcast, anywhere it was just so unforgivingly negative and i was just like i can't go down right. this road so i i wanted something a little bit brighter and when i found my co-host when i found lauren at a party randomly thank god i was just like wow this is what i want this is what i've wanted for over a year this is what i've wanted and this is what i want to bring to the community this is what i think the community is missing <laughs> now it's weird to say you know we don't talk about the positive <laughs> side of brain injury <laughs> And that I, I gotta tell you, Bill. In and of that's in and of itself, it's a very hard sell. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, nobody the has reality come up to me with a of hammer the fact asking is, me to help them out. <laughs> right, you guys seem like yeah. you're having so much fun. Can can you help me be part of this? Like the reality is, we survived it. We made it right now. As and I, I say this a million times, and I really hope it, it resonates with, with a lot of us out there as difficult and as crazy and as miserable as life can be sometimes we're here to experience it. And that in and of itself is beautiful. It really is. And that's, what's great about life and time. Yeah. It's crazy right now. You want to know what's great in a minute. It could be amazing, right? Like it, it really can be from one day to the next, from one minute to the next things can change. So like, let's stay on this ride and 
did we build did we make it back to be angry and upset no i think we made it back to really enjoy this second chance of life that we have because that's what we have you and i we have a second chance to to do this there's so much joy that i get in listening to your podcasts because you really enjoy putting on your podcasts which like you can't fake that this is one thing i've said forever you know my my uh significant other is Mm -hmm. an artist right and in her field there's a lot of people who like fake spontaneity oh i'm gonna do this and it's gonna seem like it's it's like no fake spontaneity looks like fake spontaneity right it's you can fake being genuine to a certain point right but if you're truly genuine if you truly love what you're doing it's going to show and it okay. shows with you bill and i've always been drawn to that and i've always you, appreciated you know that. when we talk about things like neuro fatigue and the second chance and recognizing i mean here i am now i'm 50 years old i figure i've only got another 150 years to live on this planet or so i don't have time for the nonsense i don't have time do you, you know do you have to, you ever think about when you fake something and you try and come up with false energy and things yeah, think about how much energy that takes. That's tiring. I don't have that kind of energy to fake having a, the high energy. It's just, it's just not, not worth that time when I can just, let me just, this, I mean, this stuff we're doing, these people, I am getting to talk to amazing people, people I never would have met, yes. whether they're going to be other survivors from around the world entrepreneurs from around the world. I'm talking to research scientists. I'm just emailing research scientists I find on the internet, the the people who are doing these studies and saying, hey, you want to chat? And they're saying, yes. Uh, I mean, what I always say, the stroke club is full of cool kids. It's just that the dudes really suck. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the Neuro Nerds on the Apple Podcast app today. Yeah, seriously, but, it, it really does. But you and I, we're the new rock stars. We are. We're part of the cool I, kids I, club. It's 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 amazing and it's weird and and yeah. And I think the other thing that's that's helped now too with what we're doing and seeing this whole community build up around around this stuff is the last ten years societally we've just seen this huge growth of growth of social media and instagram and facebook and twitter and seeing folks with disabilities have an opportunity to coalesce around these things to let their voices be heard in a way that the voices of the disabled have been marginalized for decades or centuries or shoved off to the side and so many people in this community, in the stroke community, in the chronic illness community, in the uh, trauma community, uh, we're, we don't have to be quiet. We have a channel to be able to share what we want to say, to let our views be known or heard or with whatever method we are able to talk at, or communicate and spread whatever the word is. And we're, we're not going to allow that not to happen. Damn, damn right. We are all part of this very strange very weird dysfunctional brain injured family you know and and i i love all of the people that i've met if i had an opportunity i've been asked several times you know if you go back and change this would you mm-hmm. and I'm like, no i wouldn't you know my stroke saved my life and i wouldn't have become this version of myself which is the version of myself that i think i was always truly meant to be and i would have met some amazing people like bill you know and everybody in our community everybody it's just it's such a beautiful community i love it so much um i do have to ask you this one thing you asked uh me this question on your podcast and i will ask it of you 
Who's your doctor? Uh, number my doctor is still number nine. Wait, which one's uh, I, I'm not the biggest e- Doctor Who guy. E- that would be which, Eccleston. Is that Eccleston? That would be Eccleston. He only got one okay, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also really enjoy uh really enjoyed what's that? Not Matt Smith? Not Matt, not Matt Smith. Smith. Matt Smith was very good, and I really appreciate what Matt Smith had some of the most amazing speeches in the in the show. Just and he did some incredible things. The longest, the lo- you know, Matt Smith was the longest doctor. Because he was the doctor for twelve hundred years or so, um, Capaldi was an amazing doctor as well. I really liked Capaldi. I really liked his energy. Uh, Eccleston. What I really liked that he brought to the doctor was he never seemed quite right as human. I mean, he could easily pass for human, but just the mannerisms and just there was always just something slightly off about him slightly alien which really made it that much more powerful and his self-doubt i mean he's the one who is dealing with the trauma of the time war he's the one who throughout that entire season as far as he knows he has killed every dalek and every time lord in existence and he's that's heavy that weighs on him and he is living with that burden. And what is he doing with it? He is trying to save people. He is trying to help humanity. And that is incredibly powerful. And he does it with, you know, these moments of pure joy. Uh, the, the scene uh, at the end of the, there was the two-parter. You may, mo- folks who have seen it may know it as the two-parter, which featured the, the kids in the gas masks where the gas masks were actually part of their phases. Super creepy. But the end of it, and, you know, and he's got this line where uh, just this once, just this one time, everybody lives. And you see that pure joy in him. And the the other one that really came out uh, at me as I was, and I remember as I was going through the, as I was in the hospital, those first couple of days, there was also something really powerful about crying and experiencing those emotions and trying to feel them. And I kept coming back to um, sort of his final scene with Rose, where he's, and it's basically just uh, in video and he's talking to Rose and he's like, and, and Rose, you were fantastic. And you know what? So was I. And it's like that sort of closure on his character was just something of pure beauty and seeing him come through his trauma and his, you know, what is going to happen in the next chapter of his life. And and that's why I I really love the work that, you know, those storylines of the ninth doctor. You did say that there was something alien about him. I know what that alien is. The dark elf in him. It's the Malekith in yeah. him. It's it's the worst MCU movie is in him. That's what he has. It was a disservice to him mm-hmm. as a character because I still love Malekith the dark elf. I just wish right. I did more with him. But, you know, it's funny. I remember as soon as I finished uh, uh, the episode I did uh, on, on Strocast and I was like, he asked me what my doctor was. And I was like, I think he was talking yeah. about Doctor Who. And I immediately went yes, to like Doctor did. Strange because that was my dude <laughs> at the time. I did be, mostly because of, there was mm-hmm. a scene where like he was re- rewriting his name over and over and over. And I was doing the same thing in occupational therapy because of my hand. And I was like, that's my dude. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm pretty and, sure he's talking and, about and Doctor Who. And you know when I asked that, when, when you answered about Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, I should circle back to uh, Doctor Who. And I was like, no, no, wait a minute. That is 
an excellent answer. And that is a great story. And I can see that connection. And that makes perfect sense. And that's why one of the things I have to, you know, just as an interviewer, one of the things that's that's a reminder to me is the importance of shutting up. Because you'll I get the my best stories and best <laughs> insights when I just let my guests talk and let them go in directions I never talk. expected. Yep. And you see where it happens and you see these insights. So I'll send out a list of questions ahead of time. I know where I'm going. I have a plan for every episode. And half the time, that plan goes right out the window because I just want to listen. I want to be quiet. I want to see what they're going to say. And then I want to engage with that. This is what I love about what you do. You and I do completely different things, but we also do the exact same thing. I'm not a fan of like even us. I was like, hey, Bill, what Mm -hmm. are you doing tonight? Do you want to record? That's how this came to be. We are literally Mm -hmm. just spitballing. That's this is what we do. I love the the genuine nature of a casual conversation. I love the fact that in my head, we're sitting at a bar sharing a beer. In my head, we're sitting at a cafe and we have an espresso and we're just having a conversation about life. That's how I see these conversations. It's, I, I don't love reading off a piece of paper because then I just feel like it's almost that mm-hmm. fake spontaneity. It's almost that it, it, it's a little, sometimes it can be disingenuous. It, it, it can't, sure. at least for, for me, I love these flowy conversations. And even with you, you're like, yeah, I let it, I set out questions, but then it just turns into what it turns into. And that's what I love. I remember you sent questions. I'm like, oh, okay. And then our conversation was just this. It was just a conversation and it was beautiful. And this is what I love about this way of connecting with one another. And also in connecting with the community, because I, I'd like to think that if we were at a, a cafe or at a bar, that there would be some people like listening in to like, <laughs> I love these dudes. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the neuro nerds are here to help. Join our hashtag #UsoRock Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/UsoRock to connect with other survivors like you. Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at joesorocks.com/UsoRock, and submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them. And remember, you, you so, so rock. rock. <laughs> well, it helps that I don't think either of us is very quiet. <laughs> no, 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 no. If anything, we are very boisterous. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> it's i i've been told i should really keep it down a little bit I, I as soon as i'm done here i'll have a conversation with felice and she's like jesus i'm like what happened she's like you're, you're yeah. just like you're still podcasting i was like oh yeah oh i gotta bring it down exactly bring exactly well well the, the other thing you, you mentioned that we have very we end up with very different approaches to our shows and i think that's one of the things that's really interesting if anybody wants to explore that more go ahead and listen to the conversation that i had with ella sophia versus joe's conversation with ella or the conversation I had with Karen Sullivan Completely versus different. Joe's or the conversation or, or our Mimi oh. conversations or, you know, these conversations uh, or, or even with the Stromies, these conversations, they're all very different, but they're both stroke related podcast interviews. And if you want to see and, and it, they just go in completely different ways, neither is is less genuine or anything, but you get different aspects of the people that you're talking about or talking with. And that's what's so fascinating about this. It's a preference thing, too. You know, look, there are some people who are like the DCEU is significantly better than Marvel. Yeah, Clearly, yeah, those exactly. people are wrong, but that's their preference. You know, like you want your heroes to be a little bit more bloody and have no backstory <laughs> or, that's or fine. no character. <laughs> you you want yeah. no continuity? You want no continuity? That's cool. But but what, what I'm saying is and so this is it's funny you say that I have a very dear friend of mine, uh, Bryony, uh, my friend Bry in uh, uh, in Yorkshire. 
and I was making it. I was saying, she was like, oh, I was listening to a podcast. I was like, was it the Neuro Nerds podcast? And she was like, oh no, I don't listen to your podcast. I was like, what? Are you kidding? I was like, I was almost offended. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Because I, I didn't think, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. I was like, wait, you don't listen to my podcast? She was like, no, you're too much energy. And I was like, oh, I get it. I'm very, yeah, <laughs> animated, and that's not for everybody. And I understand that. I'm not going to fault people for being like yeah joe you're a little bit too much mm-hmm. high you're a little bit too high sprung <laughs> high strung for me you know and I, that's that's yeah. just my personality hey, as so as, they, as long as they go ahead and download it it still helps our stats yeah yeah exactly <laughs> hey play it in the background <laughs> hey you want to annoy your neighbor just play me put me on blast <laughs> you know but look it, it's it's like music there's no one music that's perfect there's like different genres there's different songs that's what all of us that that podcast about our brain injuries this is we all have our own flavor you know, and even though we interview a lot of the same people, we do a lot of the same things. It's completely different. Look, it's a, it's a guitar, it's a drum, it's a bass, and it's a vocal. Yeah, there's that's that's the 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 same root. That's the same you know formula. But heavy metal is completely different than rock. Rock is different than R and B. R and B is different than pop. But they still have guitar, drums, bass, vocal. You know, it's it's your preference. And you I, I love sharing on all those different instruments. And it's going to sound completely different. Completely. Have you heard Prince's Darling Nikki? And have you heard the Foo Fighters <laughs> version of Darling Nikki? Completely different. <laughs> I love the fact that we are able to do this and share and, you know, advocate for our community. Show people out there mm-hmm. that you're not alone, you know, because you're not. Share information. And you are incredible about sharing such valuable information with the community, Bill. I've always been a big fan of yours. I've been a big fan of your podcast. I, I just think the world of you, your fellow nerd, your fellow dude, and your dude with magnificent hair. Guys, I cannot stress enough. I compliment Lauren's hair constantly. Lauren, you have some competition. Bill's hair is magnificent. Just want to point that out. It's, you're like Thor. <laughs> you're like Thor with a I'm, mic. I'm, I'm like Thor at the beginning of the last Avengers movie. <laughs> Playing Fortnite exactly. and your Mjolnir is your microphone. <laughs> Bill, I, I truly appreciate you. I honestly, I appreciate everything that you do for the community. I, I've been, uh, like, sincerely, I, I've been a huge fan uh, of yours, been a huge fan of your podcast, and I've always looked up to, to what you do, you know, and I'm just so thankful that we've connected. I'm so thankful that we've absolutely. become friends on this wild journey through recovery. And I got to say, absolutely, we got to do this again. This can't be a one-off. This this is this is just fun. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm really, really excited. We got we got to do this in person at some point. I got to once once we once we get rid of some oh, of these spiky yeah. viri, we got to I got to make it down to SoCal again. Yeah, but, you know, I have a cousin and he works with a guy <laughs> who says that. No, man. Come on, guys. <laughs> I, let's 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 listen to scientists. You know, you don't take your car into the mechanic and he's like, oh, so this is what's wrong with it. Really? Well, my mailman said, you don't do that. You don't do that. You listen to the mechanic. That's what he does. <laughs> so definitely, definitely listen to Bill's podcast, The Stroke Cast. I got to tell you, start from jump, start from the beginning, run all the way through. Every single episode is very informative. And if you want to know how to peel a banana with one hand, there you go. <laughs> and bill on social media you are they can where can they find me you on social media on instagram i am bills underscore stroke cast you can find me on twitter where i am currently bill 
or you can just go to strokecast.com and you'll find my links over there as well. Strokecast.com. Boom. Definitely reach out to Bill. Definitely listen to Strokecast. You can reach out to Lauren at Lauren L. Manzano on Instagram. I miss that tiny ass kicking rock star so much. You can reach out to me at Joe So Rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us, the Neuro Nerds, at everywhere. <laughs> Not at everywhere. At the Neuro Nerds everywhere. <laughs> I was searching at everywhere. I couldn't find you guys. And on that awkward, strange Doctor Who, uh, uh, number uh, Doctor Number Nine, was it? Number Nine. No, this neuro. Oh no, no, not this neuro nerd. These neuro nerds are out. Awesome. That was awesome, Bill. That was so much fun. I love that. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.